Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Podcast episode 191. Dexter Henry, Ryan Fonseca here. Jesus. Yeah, 191. That means we're, we're getting old together in this. That's, that's what's going on. <laughs> we're getting old together. You know, before you give me some story about how, well, this happened when I was in middle school and I was in college, it makes me feel old. So, look, I'm just going to say on the front end, we are open for business. So, <laughs> As we approach 200 episodes, like we're over for we're, here. I like we're here, and then I'm gonna reiterate what I said last time. You might be hearing uh, from us a lot, especially me, uh, in the fall, pretty soon. So yeah, might, we'll might, might, might be might be some things. But one mm-hmm. of the best things about doing this podcast is we get to have a lot of fantastic guests, uh, people that we've worked with in the sports journalism industry. But one of the things, like when guests come back, it's great when guests come back. But you know what? It's great when guests come back. And they have leveled up. They're in a different place than the last time we saw them. And our guest today is, I would say, my favorite feature writer in terms of sports. Marin Fader joins us this time on the A Hard Tell podcast. Marin, good to see you again. Second time I got to see you in a week, which is more than I've seen you in the past year. Uh, how are you doing? And this time, this time, Marin, we'll get to how you're doing. But I want to let the people know, the last time you saw Marin, she was working for a different outlet. She was still doing feature writing, but this time she's a published author, author of Giannis, the Improbable Rise of the NBA MVP. Marin Fader. Marin, how are you doing? Wow, that was such a great intro. Um, it's so good to see you guys. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm, you know, dealing with this release. I can't believe it. You know, it's kind of surreal. Um, you work on something for so long and then it's just out. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's got to be. So Marin's book. For everybody who does not know, and you can catch, I spoke with her before the book dropped on the NBA exchange. She was kind enough to join me on that. And she was in a different place then. And then the book dropped and it's available to everyone. Came out on Tuesday. Aaron, <laughs> what what has it been like since the book dropped? Because mm-hmm. right? I know things had to have changed. It was pre-book, you know, before Giannis' book, and now it's after Giannis' book. What, what has it been like since uh, the book dropped for you? Yeah, it's been just crazy. They ran an excerpt in the New York Times and Washington Post, which like made my parents cry, which was really nice <laughs> to hear that they're proud of me. Um, it's just crazy. And people just posting photos of their books, like this one guy, like here from the Philippines and holding up the book. And 
just like really touches my heart. It's just been so crazy, but I'm also like exhausted. You know, I've just been doing like a month long podcast tour thing just because, you know, the Bucks were in the playoffs and, you know, the book was so timely. So yeah, it's just, it's been such a whirlwind. I feel so grateful. Are you like over doing these podcasts and talking <laughs> to people about the book? I know you're not annoyed of us because we're so great, but are you annoyed at this at all? I'm not annoyed. You guys are amazing. Um, no, it's a privilege. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, man, I wish I could go on said podcast. And so I know that I'm just like very, very lucky. I just need to come up with fresh anecdotes for these podcasts. I feel like I'm just saying the same thing. <laughs> I, have to get, I have to get better. Um, I need to improve. I need a nap. But um, no, it's it's a really cool it's a really cool experience. You know, it's I like I said, I just can't believe it. You know, I really didn't think this day would like ever happen. Yeah, it, it's yeah, in, sure. it's it's interesting for me too. And I know Brian has stuff to think because you know both you guys being friends, <laughs> I have and a lot both, to of, say. both of you this year, <laughs> both of you this year publishing books and and it, and it coming out. So for one, I want to say as a friend to just see that has been dope. You know what I mean? Anytime your friends write something and you see it published, I know it feels good. Is there any difference in a feeling for you now that you are a published author? Like, Brian, you could chime in on this, too, because you now have a published author next to your name, too. Any difference in feelings for you guys with this? You go first, Brian. Tell oh, them what the so title good. of your book is. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it won't nearly be as successful because, you know, it's a slow burn with fiction. Every yeah. eye roll. <laughs> I mean, it's true, Heavy though, eye roll. Heavy. but, you know. Doggo Heist victims taking up space. There you go. Now. There you go. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, and this is something I wanted to get into with Mirren here because we've texted about this like throughout the year at various different points, various different points, redundant. Um, she did 222, right, Mirren? 222 interviews for that? 221. 221. Whatever. Yeah. I just gave you the extra one. So it and reached you. out to a whole bunch of different people. <laughs> like it's a different kind of process uh, where you're reaching out to all these people. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into that, I would imagine, Mirren. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, which, you know, obviously I want you to speak to. And then from my end, it's just like coming up with all the shit because it's fictional. But then the anxiety that comes with wanting it to be realistic, getting things right, getting things appropriate. Um and when you're self-publishing, there's a special set of circumstances that come with that in terms of like you don't have, uh, you know, a substantial amount of help because you're doing it yourself. So then there's the anxiousness that comes with that. Uh, and, you know, Miriam can speak to this as well as doing all of this in a pandemic. And yeah. <laughs> that being something that <laughs> is sort of lingering around all of this, because, you know, I would imagine that of those 200 something interviews, not a lot of them were in person, if any of them, right? So right. there's that element as well. But um, yeah, I mean, there are some some differences there, uh, but similar levels of stress, I will say, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the anxiety is just so real. It's like, you're so nervous, like, you know, am I doing it right? Am I, you know, it, it's a new experience. You know, I've been a long form writer for a long time and, you know, I'm using the same skills, but it's like, same language, different dialect, you know, and those differences, like really, it was kind of like learning on the fly. And like, yeah, the pandemic was just really hard. You know, I was really isolated. Um, you know, just I live alone. And so it's just a lot of like me time and just 
waking up super early and and interviewing somebody at like 6 a.m our time in los angeles and you know because in greece it would be nighttime there and so you know it was just a lot of hustling but you're right like books um it's just a different level of anxiety you know like if you make a mistake on an online article they can change it in like two seconds um it just kind of like doesn't work like that with a published book and so it, there's something about it that just feels more official and you know to state the obvious we're going from one long form story which is four thousand words to 120,000 words, 15 chapters. So a book is essentially 15 long forms. So it was just hard to essentially like not write 15 disparate stories, but like find a way to connect all of these into one thing that feels like you're, you're, you know, going to a place and then it, you know, has to um, grab your attention. You know, you don't want somebody to give up on page 100. Right. No, nobody wants that to happen. You want, you want <laughs> Please don't give up. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing too. Like, it, one, Stick with me. yeah, and releasing it, <laughs> releasing it during the summer. It's like, you know, right. are like, what are people's habits at this point? And you know, again, during a pandemic, releasing a book in the summer, where it's like now everybody wants to go back outside. We'll see what happens in the fall <laughs> in terms of like, you know, how that'll affect things. But there's that element as well. One of the other things I wanted to ask was um, just like, you know, getting to be an author at this point. Was this something that you thought would come later on or did this come right on time? Or did you think that you would get to this point sooner? Like what was sort of the timeline that you envisioned in terms of getting to this point? Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, people make fun of me for my stupid timeline, but I was definitely one of those people with ridiculous expectations of like by 30 i need to do this that and the third and Word. you know right i know it's toxic <laughs> i am not i am not endorsing this it's toxic it's bad but i was one of those people and i was like i want to do this before i'm 30 and um you know when i pitched the book i was 28 so you know i just turned 30 and so it, it did happen but honestly it happened not because I was at this age, but it happened because it organically came from a story. You know, I had been trying to come up with, you know, random ideas and stuff, just like, oh, should I write a book on this person or that person? And it just never worked. But then when I just was focused on the work that I was doing and did this VR story on Alex and Giannis, it just, it was just a natural progression and the timing was right. And it just, it felt right. And um, even though I think most people do their books obviously much later in life um i don't know i was just super lucky yeah i was wanted to ask about that too in terms of you know you told me a little bit before about how it came about but it came from the bleacher report story that you did on Giannis. but when did you feel or, or had that inspiration to be like okay this can actually be something more right because it's one thing to have a great story and a great idea but then knowing what you said knowing that you can put this into 820,000 words. When did you feel like, okay, this is really possible? Just shook her head when you said the number. <laughs> when I'm like hearing it, I'm like, oh, like I need to like sit, like I'm I'm seated, but I need to lie down when I hear this. It's just like triggering, traumatic, you know? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, a visceral body reaction to that. Yeah, it's. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to enjoy my week. No, I am. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, I I had been looking to do a book and I had met a really cool literary agent earlier that year. So the story came out in like June, July, I can't remember. And then um, I had met the agent in January 
of that year. And so he was like, keep in touch. Like, let me know if there's any stories that you think would be good for a book. And when it came out, it, it was just like on my mind, you know, trying to find that idea. And I think that because the response I got was so positive and people were like, wow, I had no idea about that, about Giannis, you know, I just thought, perfect. It's the human story and it's sellable. It's like, as you know, Brian, like the thing with books is like, you have to have a good idea and it also has to sell. Like publishers do not, like it, it's just really this really tough combination. You know, it's not once in a while, there's a book that's a really good idea. That's super unique. That just takes off in ways publishers won't expect like the boys in the boat, which was about like a, that's you know a rowing team in the 20s um but like most of the time it has to be on like some superstar so I just really liked that it had of course that but it had this human dimension and that's what I try to center in my work yeah and you definitely can can see that and what you've seen people talk about the book um I'm gonna get through it um next week hopefully and I really can't wait to delve in but there was something I did today, right? Because Mirren, I pre-ordered this book a while ago. Of course, we were going to support you and get the book. But I pre-ordered the book, and then I'm still I... waiting for mine, though. Like, okay. Mine is mine is not even here yet. When we talk uh, about look at Mirren. So Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo, Mirren anxious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. The other day, I ordered some shit from Amazon, and it came in like three different deliveries. That shit was annoying. But anyway, that's, uh, that's what you're saying. But you, you need to, you need to, you need to <laughs> Mirren's book. We, Amazon, please get that book um. to mine as soon as possible. But Mirren, <laughs> I went, I went back. Do I need I had, to tweet at Amazon? On I mean, no, no, no. no, no, no. I, I, look, I need it. Look, my, that's the only place my shit is at. So I need to be in their good graces for right now. You know, because I can't, I can't afford to get it at all these, you know, maybe we'll see when the second one comes out, uh, hopefully in 2022. Oh, yeah. man. So, so Marin, I hadn't been on Amazon in terms of looking at your book since I went to pre-order. So I went back to the link today and it said Amazon bestseller. How does it feel to be an Amazon bestseller already a couple days after this is dropped? And, and Mirren, I told you that was going to happen. Like, I told you that shit, like, maybe two weeks ago. I was like, you know it's going to be a bestseller. You're like, oh, my God, stop. I'm anxious. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a Mirren response for sure. For sure. But I knew. But I, I knew. I knew. Like, I just knew. You know what I mean? Because I knew it was going to, like, be something that resonated instantly because it's, you know, it's, it's different. Um, I am deeply uncomfortable right now. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, that's how I am. That's such a me response. You know, I'm it like, is. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think so. Like, you know, you know, Jeff Perlman is like somebody that I'm pretty close to. And he, he said to me last night, like, did you know, like check your ranking? And I was like, no, like I don't check my ranking. And he's like, this is the cardinal sin. Of course you should be checking your ranking. Everyone checks their ranking, but I don't check my ranking. You know, I, I think like it's amazing that it's doing well and I am just so thankful and grateful. But that to me is so much, you know, more important that people are resonating with it and that they are liking it than like bestseller. You know, I think for me, of course, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. That would be a dream come true. But it's such a, I mean, it's not a long shot right now, but it's, it, it just, it's not something that I think will happen. I don't, I think it's, it's a nice dream, you know, but that's not important. I think it's just really cool that people are excited about reading and it just makes me feel so happy that they would like spend their money on something I wrote. Like, that's so cool. 
See, I like I like you putting it in perspective like that, Marin. And if I I'm gonna I, I'm obviously haven't done what you and Brian have done yet. It will happen one day. I will be writing a book that is in the plans. But I would be like you, Marin. I'm not checking the numbers. I wouldn't do it. Like I, I don't I don't want to know. I don't need to be on top of it. I think I'm like you too. When I put out something, whether it's a sideline story, long form piece, I just want to see how it connects with people, and I'm fine with yeah. that. Whatever comes after it, awards, whatever else, all good. But I get it. Women's boxing. Puerto Rico. wrote this book what do you i think one of the things when you're writing a biography <laughs> is you want people to find out some new things things they didn't know connect with this yeah. person that you're writing about what do you think it is that people would learn and connect with about Giannis that they might not have known before i mean i think the whole childhood experience has been so unexplored it was like okay he sold trinkets by the street but you know i was like okay what streets where you know, how much did they make? What did they eat? You know, I just think all of these things were unexplored. And so the book like really answers a lot of those questions. Um, it definitely shed light on on the racism that he experienced growing up, um, especially as a teen at away games, they would shout really awful insults at him. And also just about like how hard it was being undocumented um, in this country that does not offer um, people of color born to migrants from other countries. Even if you're born in Greece, you don't get citizenship. So for Giannis, it was really, really hard and painful at times. And it just, it made his rise all the more um, miraculous because he literally did not have the necessary paperwork to compete at the highest teams in his own country. He couldn't travel with a passport because he didn't have papers. So, you know, the whole thing is just luck. It's pure luck. And I think um, people also don't realize that like when he got his citizenship, papers it's only because it was clear he was going to go to the nba like they would not have given him citizenship if he was just another black migrant so um i think people don't realize how much of a fiasco that was to get the papers i mean the the whole agents and the team were going to the nigerian embassy there was a spanish coach involved that was like do i need to look into the spanish government so it was just it was a big big process with a lot of red tape and Finally, I think people will see um, a more vulnerable side of Giannis. Um, I mean that in a good way, like emotionally intelligent. I think people realize he's so thoughtful and humble and, and wonderful. Um, but I think this book really gives you a sense into like what shaped that kind of charismatic personality and sort of like where where all that comes from gonna be interesting Gary, Gary, yeah. that's the things i'm really intrigued in learning about go ahead brian yeah that's something we talked about the other day in terms of like how he navigated um 
the racial aspect of this. I want to know about the writing process. Like, what was your routine? Because, you know, I have it right. See, I, I have an idea of what this could be like in terms of the very early mornings, the very late nights, just doing things at random times, uh, putting away the phone, blocking off social media, blocking off, you know, YouTube, Netflix, whatever the case may be. So, like, what would be your typical routine if there even was one, you know, during the, I guess, the, the heavy writing portion of this? Yeah, I um so I couldn't go to my normal coffee shops like normal, you know, when I'm I just said the word normal twice cuz I'm tired and I'm sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm just doing fabulously in this interview. Um You're doing great. Thank you. Um <laughs> I uh I would wake up super super early like 5 a.m. and start the interviews at like 6 and I would try to go like 6 7 8 9 or if they were longer like only do a couple in the morning and then I would just have to like write here um and it was hard because normally I report the whole thing and then I um and then I write but this I had 20,000 words a month due from the publisher so I had to do it at the same time which is like really really hard so I was it's funny you talk about like little process things. I am, um, so I'm a baker. I don't know if I've told you that. I love baking oh. and um, I love it because, well, I just love it in general, but I also love it because it gets me out of my thinking brain and I can like work with my hands and stuff. So because I had this insane deadline every month and all of this time here, I would bake while I transcribed because like sometimes people just go on and on, you know, and so you don't have to sit there like transcribing every little thing and I would just like stir it come back like I don't know if that <laughs> I would just do so much baking and I would like leave presents for all my friends at their doorsteps because I couldn't see them but it you know it got me outside but for the most part it was just like being so relentless about my reporting and um always making the extra call and just having you know so much um so much time to myself, you know, and I also had a full-time job and then I changed jobs. So I had to also, it's not like I could just not do that. So I was reporting for that, like in the afternoon. And then at night I would write all over again. Um, and I would drink coffee at really weird hours, like at night. Um, so I was just like not sleeping. It, it was really, it was tough. I like that coffee is the constant for you. Uh, I know. There, there, Maren. Co coffee, ha coffee has to be the constant for you, for, for sure. But that, wait, that real quick, real quick, yes. because because uh, you mentioned the deadlines, and I wanted to, like, add on to that real quick. Because that's something that, like, with a publisher versus self-publishing is different. Like, the deadlines that I would have would be, like, self-imposed, just psychotic right. ones that we joked about, like, before uh, <laughs> before we actually started this podcast. So how was it just navigating through that as well? Because there were these rigorous deadlines at a month's time. You had a date also very early, like, and that's another thing working with a big publisher is, like, several months in advance. It's like, all right, here's the release date versus where I could basically pick my own date for better or for worse. I'm not even saying which one is better, which one's worse, but I'm just, you know, trying to gauge like more of the differences here. Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough because if I had the luxury of reporting the whole thing and then writing it, I would have a sense like, okay, this is the overarching thing. This is what it's about. Then I'm going to move I'm going to move this here. I'm going to have that there. I'm going to like know what to do because I know what I have. It's very hard to know where things go when you don't know what you have because you're not done getting it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it was it was very hard to be like, OK, 
all of this stuff is going to go in this chapter because I don't know like how that connects to the rest of the book. So I just tried to like break it down um, chronologically. Um, and, I, you know, I ended up rewriting a lot of it. So I would turn in this thing, but it would obviously change later. I think I rewrote this book like four times. Mm. Um, and because it's hard, you know, when I started the process, like, there was so much I didn't know about him. And then when I was on chapter 14, I got all this new stuff that needed to be added into chapter one, two, and three. Mm. You know, I got, I got, I got one of his best friends like super late in the game, like a month before deadline. So, you know, it, yeah. So it was just like, it was, it, it just created a pressure because I felt like, okay, this is due, but it's not like going to be final. Like, why is it due? You know, and I'm I'm not complaining. I'm just like, it was hard for me to like conceptualize the whole thing because I could only focus on this like thing right now. And then, and then like doing my normal job, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something else we wanted to get to actually. Go ahead, Dex. No, I was glad you brought that up, Mirren, in terms of your process and when Brian had asked that, because I think some people may forget for a lot of authors and writers that we know, especially in the sports world, you're also working your normal job too. You're still pumping out feature stories. You're still managing all that. And that, you know, that's a challenge of itself. But I want to, especially because we have you and Brian here and both of you guys have released books this year. Brian has written fiction um, and you do nonfiction with a biography. Would you ever think about doing fiction? Have you ever thought about doing fiction writing? writing? What do you think are, are some of the differences? I know you haven't t- delved into it, but for both you guys, what do you think are some of the differences or why you might ever want to dabble in the other? I mean, I don't think I'm capable of writing fiction. Like, I don't, it's just like so hard and I just, I, there's no way I could write fiction. But I also don't, <laughs> I don't want... It would be so bad. It would be so terrible. I was like, I'm not. I wouldn't even try it. No. Written. No. I, I think. I think. I wouldn't for, read my own book. I would I not think, read my I own think, book. I think you're being too modest, and you need a I'm hype man. <laughs> like I think you can do it. You like, you know, obviously. First of all, you're one of the best writers, pound for pound, on the planet. One, two. I'm sure you have an imaginative side. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anxious. Watching what so I know. I'm trying to get her. I'm trying to get her to turn red or pink. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna turn so red. I'm gonna be a tomato. Keep going. I'm gonna be red as Dex's wall. You've watched, you've watched TV, Whoa. movies. You know what I'm saying? You consume a lot of content. You See, have a different way of thinking. You could do I'm, it. Look, I'm, I'm Mirror. Let me tell you. Let me tell I'm you. I'm with Mirror on this. I'm I, look. No I, I I'm a psycho. So a lot of my ideas came from, well, one, just sort of being around and having always wanting to write fiction. But I was creating video game characters at like age 10, 11, 12 and writing little stories on their backgrounds and shit. Like I was like I was doing that kind of stuff. So maybe I'm the weird one here just trying to get you to join the dark side so I could just what? like sort of, you know, back off. It I, you're not weird. I love fiction. I think most of what I read is fiction. I read like a book per week mm. and it's always fiction. Oh, I never. Me? Wow. You're the only. Who, who, who's the weird person here? Yes. Not you're... you, not the reader. Read it. People need to read more. You're not weird at all. For I that. agree. You're probably Thanks, the only, you're probably the only guest that we've had that like has a bookshelf that I believe you've actually read every book that's behind. You right now. <laughs> I just got a new bookshelf <laughs> over there. Just half, half cooking, baking books and half regular books. Nice. Um, so, 
No, it's true. I just, I love fiction books, but I can't see myself ever doing it. But, you know, I think the work that I do on a serious note is kind of a hybrid between fiction and nonfiction. And I don't mean in the sense that there's things that are untrue in my stuff. Please don't, nobody run with that, um, as the internet will do. Um, But I, anyways, but I think (laughs) that... It's only because we're really good friends that this is this interview is the way it is. Um, <laughs> I I use like create. It's called creative nonfiction, and they put the word creative nonfiction because it because ha- it, it's lyrical like fiction because it's got writerly devices like fiction. It's like it's supposed to be musical. It's supposed to like be descriptive. It's supposed to be you know descriptive. It's not like a really boring like academic treatise you know so I think it's like that's why even though it's a biography it's nonfiction. same with all my work it is technically called creative nonfiction, and I can use like that type of you know language and and fun stuff so so Marin when it comes to books I'm sure people have asked you this throughout this whole process what are the goals for the books and I want to put out here what I would like to see as a goal for this book I all I want is very simple Mm -hmm. it's very simple for me I want Marin to have a bigger bookshelf than the one she has behind her, so she can. So, so we just want to we just get get more books that that Marin can read. Oh, Yeah, see, that's a team manifested. That's a that's a good, I small, doable goal, right? But I, but I know for you, you have to like you talked about this a bit before. You have to have liked how you're seeing people connect with the book um, on social media, sending you messages, uh, pic- pictures of the of the book. Um, what you you got to think it's going to more people are going to even talk about this as they sit with it longer and get closer to the next NBA season. Oh, yeah. Um, have you thought about it? Have you added any other goals beyond that beside people just connecting it? Or is that just it? And you want it to just be there and people to have that connection? I mean, first of all, it's like so surprising. People are like, I finished. I was like, huh? Like, it, it, came, it came out like 24 hours ago. Like, 400 pages. Wasn't that good? No, I just. <laughs> That means they couldn't put it down. They kept had to keep turning the pages. They had to, yeah. Come on. Um, but I, you know, I I would love, first of all, I would love to manifest your bookshelf thing. That that just made me so happy. I have several bookshelves and the thought of adding more just warms my nerdy heart. Um, I, <laughs> your listeners are going to be like, why did you have this girl on? She's the worst. Um, no. I, <laughs> I want people to, look at Giannis and see the full complexity of him. I think that his story is really just portrayed as this sugar-coated fairy tale and it really glosses, because it is so inspiring and so amazing, I think people really gloss over the really difficult parts and and I should say the uncomfortable parts for some. And I think people, I hope people leave this with a nuanced, balanced perspective that it is entirely possible for him to love the country that did not always love him and that does not always love him and both of these things are true and life is not one or the other it's totally true that he experienced tons of racism then and now and he feels a connection to this place because so many people were also not racist to him like I think you know that's that's something I hope people take away the second thing I I hope it starts a dialogue about, you know, potentially what connections he can have 
um, with Nigeria, I, I think the common thread that I heard from a lot of Nigerian journalists I spoke to and just people involved is that, you know, we want a deeper connection with Giannis. You know, these are the Nigerian journalists I talked to. But, you know, so much of his persona and his um, brand is Greek, you know, the Greek freak. He plays for Greece as well. So I'm just curious, like, will it start any discussion about that? Um, Lastly, I, I hope that like if you know nothing about basketball, you can still say, wow, I really enjoyed that book and I didn't have to know basketball to like it. And I hope that if you love basketball, you feel like there's a sufficient enough hoops, new information in there for you, too. And then just selfishly, I hope this allows me to just continue writing books for the rest there of my life. Go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's, there we go. That's, that's, that's Some ego. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want to hear. Manifestation. Though. Manifestation. I'm all I'm all about that. Man, I, man. I have some I have some ideas, but like we'll 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 keep that we'll off, talk about off, okay. we'll keep that off air. Except okay. except Brian, when Marin came on the NBA <laughs> Exchange, I asked Marin about what was next and you know what she had next for the book. And so Marin, I've done some thinking. I've done some thinking in the last few days since the book has dropped. And I think, yes, I'm glad. Thank you, Greg, for putting the camera on for me for this. I think that Mirren should be the person to write the Ain't Hard to Tell biography. The story of a podcast of a great guy like myself working with a jerk like Brian and surviving through these times and these rough interviews and all these things we have to do. Come on, Mirren. You should be the person to write and tell the story. It's Mirren Fader, Amazon bestseller. Writing the story. <laughs> That's the person who should do it. What What do you say, Mary? Can, can we sign you up? Can we sign you I, up here on the A Hotel podcast for this? I, I have to compliment you on your smooth delivery. I thought you were about to give me some like really good idea. Like, let, like, oh, let me are you take saying notes. this is a bad idea? Oh man, <laughs> damn. <laughs> the, the silence, folks. That's, that's everything. That, that's everything you need to know. I feel like when I'm in LA and I want to like uh, join Mary in a, in a cafe for a latte, it's not going to happen anymore. So that's your idea. I hate you. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I should be the one mad here. You're not going to write the A Hard Tell biography. It's okay. It's all right. We're, we're I good. asked you to send me a latte picture, and what did you do? I did not. You did send not. Me a latte you picture. did not send me a latte I did picture. Not, Ryan, I did, not. did he send me a latte picture? Brian, we can't no. hear you. I think your mic. No, came, your mic no. He said. Out. He said no. There are no words to describe. There are he no said, words I, to describe. He said absolutely said, not. No said, picture was sent. I said I don't even <laughs> really drink lattes, so I'm not sure if I'm a part of this. <laughs> so basically, what Mar basically what Marin is saying here before we let her get out because she's got to run. Marin is saying because I did not deliver on the fact of sending her a latte picture, she will not deliver on even possibly thinking about writing the story of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All right. What can I say? What, what, can I what, say? Can, what can you say? I, I also want to point out. I also want to point out since she brought up the Giannis racial thing. Uh, we both wrote books about race, guys. I just want to point out yet another plug, parallel. Plug parallel. your book. Plug your book one more time so people can can are know what it is and where. Are you being sarcastic? No. She's being serious. No. Oh, I'm she's asking you to serious. plug your book. No, I, we're right. cool, so I'm, I'm just saying if you're like if you're being sarcastic, Brian, you know show, I mean? the like, show the Brian, people. Brian, show the people. Doggle Heights, victims are taking up space. If you're interested in a conversation about race and complexities, uh Latino experience, and there's a black Latino here. Wait, on this side, here we go. Um, 
And that's important because there are some other uh, depictions of us that don't necessarily <laughs> cover all sides. Then, yeah, you can get that on Amazon now. It's only $20 and still. Get that book. I can't, I can't believe you thought I was sarcastic. I'm hey, still I'm just, taking that cool. in. Like, you know, it's cool. No, I, I, I also want to. I also want to point out. I also want to point out that uh, 400 pages. I see. I I only got up to like. <laughs> <laughs> I got up to 300, and then I was like, "Let me chop this down a little bit." I'm at 268. You know what I mean? So it's you got you got you got to level up like Merit Brian. You got to level oh, up. Oh, part two. Brian. See, part two. I was trying to keep it tighter, but I'm working on the second book right now, and that one that one might be longer than part one. So wow. more, I want to have part two out next year, but you know, some things are holding me back from that right now. So we might have to make adjustments on how uh, how the work life balance goes moving forward. What is that work like that? I was writing a book. Like, did, I, did I hear you time. correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you heard him correctly. Well, Marin, we know, uh, <laughs> we know, we know you're taking ideas. So I'm going to try to come back with a better idea than the yes, podcast story because I have one already. That. I'm going to text it to you so, and you've probably already thought of it, but still. Uh, well, it's, you know. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll see about that. But right now, I had to hold it up because I had the book behind oh. me. This, this is the book. I have, I have a copy. This is an Amazon bestselling author. See at the top? It says Mirren Fader for people who are watching this podcast. Giannis, The Improbable Rise of NBA MVP is out now for everybody to get. Please go support Mirren Fader. She's a fantastic writer. I haven't read this book but yet, but I know it's going to be fantastic. And I'll be texting Mirren next week about yeah. it. And somehow, some way, the next time Mirren comes back on the podcast... She'll either let us know about a better idea, or maybe she will come around and write the story of the Ain't Hard Sell podcast. Maybe, maybe she will. Marin, um, thank you. We are honored to have you here to join us once again. And we are, seriously, we are thrilled for your success. We are rooting for you, and we know you're going to sure. go on to continue to write many more books and great things. So thank you so much for joining me. And I owe you several pictures of lattes and cafes. And a, just a latte, but yes, thank you so much, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so much love to you, my friends. <laughs> Appreciate you, Mary. Thank you. Be well, okay? Thank you.